Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Today's episode is brought to you in part by The Way Detox Shampoo. Y'all know I'm lazy slash busy, so I only wash my hair twice a week, which means I do get buildup from dry shampoo and hard water. That's why I love Way Detox Shampoo. My hair feels so clean afterwards because it's washing, exfoliating, and balancing my scalp. My hair is fluffier, smoother, and shinier. So when you're ready to undo some damage, hit the reset button with the Way Detox Shampoo. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code BEAUTY to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code BEAUTY. Now on to the show. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. It's Carlene here, and I'm here with my friend, Jill Dunn. Hey, everyone. And so today we have a special podcast. If you're just tuning in for the first time, we are two former beauty editors turned podcasters. We're here every single Wednesday to tell you what's hashtag damn good, interviewing the breakthrough founders and experts in the field on skin, hair, makeup, everything, we've got you covered. Plus product reviews. Don't forget that part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never forget that part. We're shoppers at heart. I know it. And, you know, it is Women's <laughs> Women's History Month in March, of course. And so today we're celebrating with two powerhouse sisters who are making their own history. And that's Hunter McGrady and Michaela McGrady. They're the hosts of the Model Citizen podcast, where they get completely unfiltered the way only two sisters can about everything to do with being a modern woman today, like what it's like to work in the cutthroat modeling industry. They're challenging beauty ideals. They're talking fashion, dating, sex, marriage, family, and of course, pop culture. They're basically sharing their own sense of sisterhood with all of us. So it's kind of like, you know, a virtual shoulder to lean on. I love it. And as a curve model, Hunter McGrady has been featured in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue for four years running. She's also smashing glass ceilings. She was the first plus-size woman to grace the cover of The Knot magazine. That's a modern weddings magazine. And last month, she appeared on the cover of Health magazine, where she discussed her journey to confidence. 
Yeah. And she was only four months postpartum. Like it's so iconic. And you know, that's not all. Hunter's also a fashion designer. In 2020, she partnered with QVC to release her size inclusive collection, All Worthy by Hunter McGrady. And then of course, Michaela, she's epic as well. Michaela is also a curve model. She's been featured in publications like Nylon and Coveteur and in campaigns with Fabletics, Good American and Skims. And they're just like two beauty girls at heart for sure. Together, they've become two strong voices in the fashion and beauty industry, raising awareness around body positivity, body neutrality, and the need for inclusivity and representation in media. Love to see it. And the Model Citizen podcast, it's part of our Dear Media family. So we're actually doing a pod swap with the Model Citizen show, and that's dropping tomorrow. So over on their show, we're talking about how the industry has changed for better and maybe some things that still need improvement. And we're talking about favorite products, of course. And as editors, you know, we've been on the other side of the camera producing shoots, casting models for photo shoots and all of that. So it was a really uh, fun and interesting chat. Mm-hmm. Set your timers, guys. And in the meantime, sit back and slide in those AirPods just ahead. We're talking about how Hunter and Michaela have basically grown up in the modeling industry, how they're busting down barriers. We're also chatting about a phenomenon they're calling fat phobia in the medical field, which I personally found really enlightening. And because we are a beauty podcast, stay tuned to the very end to find out what's on the sisters' top shelves. And finally, we're going to talk about how as women, we can support other women. Here they are, Hunter and Michaela. Pausing for a moment in partnership with Athletic Greens. So I always admire when I see these people on TikTok documenting their full morning routines. You know what I'm talking about. They're meditating, they're journaling, they're exercising, and it's all before 7 a.m., you know, it's a little bit overwhelming to me. But what I do find manageable is kickstarting my day with a healthy drink. Sometimes it's a green smoothie and sometimes more often than not, it's Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a powder blend of 75 minerals, vitamins, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It has this mild tropical taste and so easy to use. It's just simply one scoop in a glass of water. My non-negotiable is that it has to be ice water when I sip it and it's so good. So Athletic Greens is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system. Plus, it's suitable for almost every lifestyle. It's vegan, it's paleo, it's dairy-free, gluten-free, and low-carb. Plus, it's a crowd pleaser. Athletic Greens actually sent me some travel packs that I shared with some friends, and they were instantly hooked. Plus, Athletic Greens has more than 7,000 five-star reviews. And I know that many of us are cost-conscious right now. And it's actually really affordable. It costs you less than $3 a day. So that's less than most of our cold brew habits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit our exclusive link, which is athleticgreens.com slash beauty. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com slash beauty to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We'll link to this offer in our show notes and on our website. Now back to the show. So welcome to the show, Hunter. 
And Michaela, you two are absolute sister goals. And we want to know, are you actual best friends? And did you always get along? Because I have a sister too. And we're not quite like the goals you guys are, I'm going to (laughs) say. I would say we are like, here's the thing. I don't think I have gone without talking to Michaela for more than an hour in the last 10 years, if that tells what? you anything. Like, as yeah. far as, like, texting goes. We text all day long. Like, yeah. we are best friends. I'll even, much to her dismay, I'll even hit her with a FaceTime here and there. Yeah. Her absolute nice. nightmare. I'm Because I'm a FaceTimer. I'm, I just uh-huh. want to see everyone's faces. I Which want my nightmare. my face. And so I'm always FaceTiming her, too. Now, I also want to know, is there any kind of like what you hear about with twins where do you ever read each other's thoughts or like somebody gets hurt and the other one's like, ouch? Kayla, what what do we call it? We call it a mind meld. Mind meld. (laughs) we, it is almost, because we do have an age difference that I don't think people even realize there's a five-year age difference between us. And so like you wouldn't think, but we, and she's on the other side of the country, but there's been times where we will message the same thing, message the same time, like same photo, the same photo. Like we can sense each other's everything. It's so crazy how it happens. I love this story. I honestly do because I don't feel like it's so common. Like even with I have kids and like you always think as a parent, you want them to be besties, but it just doesn't always turn out that way. You know what I mean? So it's lovely to see. Let's talk about your mom for a second because she's pretty epic. And you've had her on the show, right? On your podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twice. She is like our best guest that we have. We get the most downloads when our mom (laughs) is on. Like people, she's just such an icon. And we're blessed that she comes on. We're like, wow, so nice of you to even like... (laughs) Bless us with your presence. You know, like <laughs> yeah, she's a fan so... favorite for sure. Yeah. So she was like pretty iconic. She is iconic, but she had a very inter- she has lots of interesting stories to tell. I assume because she herself is a model, actress, designer, and she spent time at like Studio Fifty Four and Playboy Mansion. I mean, and let's give her a name. Like, what's your yes? What's her <laughs> yeah. name? I'm sorry. Her name is Brynja, yeah. and she is like the most iconic human being. It's so funny because people ask me all the time at interviews, they're like, who do you look up to in the, you know, who's like your hero? And I think a lot of people are always expecting me to say like Michelle Obama or, you know, someone like that. And I'm like, my mom, she's like 100% my hero, hero, hero through and through. She is so iconic. She's so special. She's so hardworking. She has the most insane stories. Like, I remember breaking up with my boyfriend of like three years and I laid in bed with her until 2 a.m. every single night. And I just said, mom, tell me stories about when you were younger. And we did that for like maybe five nights in a row. And she would just tell me stories until I fell asleep. And I was just like, oh, I was just dreaming about living the kind of life that she lived. And yeah, she's so incredible. Any that you can repeat here? Yeah, I was going to say, what's your best story? <laughs> Tell us a story. <laughs> I'm like, are we thinking PG or? God, Kayla, wouldn't you say like her Studio 54 stories are amazing. Like she has stories where she's been at Studio 54 and then afterwards goes out with Joe DiMaggio, who, if you don't know, is married to Marilyn Monroe. 
And he sat with them and bought her and all of her girlfriends dinner. And they hung out all night. And when he walked into the restaurant, everyone gave him a standing ovation. Like, that's just one story of, like, a Monday night. Yeah. I'm like, amazing, Mom, you're so cool. Yeah. I know that like, name only from the Madonna song. Wasn't there a oh, song? She's like, something yeah. Joe DiMaggio. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. is it yeah. Vogue? Vogue or something. Yeah. Or- he, <laughs> is, he is a very famous baseball player <laughs> on top of being Marilyn right. Monroe's ex. <laughs> yeah. But, I know. I'm like terrible. Cool. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love those stories too because it's like you need the oral history of that time because yeah. we didn't have phones then. We didn't bring cameras exactly. everywhere, you know? The party photos didn't I really know. exist. So I think she sounds epic. I feel like that was my era. Like I should have been around in Studio 54 or I should have been a flapper during Prohibition. I'm not, I think there's a theme here. Obviously we can see she likes to party, but she's a wild gal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But tell us about like, you guys kind of grew up modeling, right? And she helped to guide you. So tell us about that because Modeling can be cutthroat. And Jill and I have a a little bit of experience with this, not as models, but casting models, like when we worked in the magazine world and we would produce beauty shoots. So yeah, I'm just curious from your point of view, how she kind of helped you along and, and how that went. I think the best thing that she did was she was so open about how cutthroat it is. Right. So she was Mm. always telling us this is just so you guys know, not a reflection of who you guys are as people. This is simply, are you a fit for what they're looking for visually? Right. So. Right. And she also was like, you know, our dad is also an actor, Michael McGrady, and he also made sure we understood the, the realistic nature of the industry. And it is a lot of no. And it has no relation to how kind you are, how giving you are, like how none of that. It's all just very surface-based. And so I think that, you know, our mom really did such a great job building our self-esteem up and also believing in us, but also letting us know that there's like a very realistic side of this industry that is very hard for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. I think having that was such a great foundation for us that we, you know, we knew the reality of it. We weren't Mm -hmm. going in thinking, oh, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to get this gig and it's going to be lights and cameras and I'm going to be on Vogue. It's like, no, it's, that is like a tiny little itty bitty piece that maybe some people get, like that's rare air. In a sense, Mm -hmm. you can do this and you can have an incredible career, but just know that it's going to be a lot of no's. You're auditioning every day, basically, almost like you go into a job interview. It's the same thing. So they just, I think that they did such a great job grounding us and not like selling some dream, but also believing in us, you know, and and our Mm -hmm. mom, just because she had so many amazing stories, it was so inspiring that it's not just about like the jobs that you do, but the experiences of being on set and meeting wonderful people and creatives. She just painted like a bigger picture for us. And it just really set the groundwork for us to have just like a more realistic expectation, but also be excited about it. And like Kayla said, she gave us a very realistic idea of what it was, but also she was like, just so you know, you guys can do it. Like you can do this if you want that. She is like the first person to be like, you guys should be on Vogue. That's it. Like you guys need to be on Vogue right now on the cover. (laughs) Yeah. Like like, mom, it's not that easy. Yeah. Like she, like to her though, it is so easy for us to do that because she just has believed in us that intensely. And it's always been so genuine. You know, like we, we basically walk on water to her. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like you kind of start believing when you're, 
Yeah. And then you you grow up like in LA, like we did. And there's a lot of people that are telling you that that's not true. So it is so important that we had that though, you know, of our mom just being so supportive and being like, you guys can do literally anything that you want to do truly. And that was such a game changer growing up in like the 90s and the 2000s when, you know, we didn't see a lot of representation, obviously, of our bodies. And it was all about, you know, the Paris Hilton body type. And then there's like us Mm -hmm. who are these curvy girls. So, I mean, we really couldn't have done it without her support. Now, I'm curious what you think about the whole notion of, you know, I think a lot of people in the industry today and just um, regular women look up to both of you as like role models, quote unquote. How do you feel about that term? I'm sure your DMs are flooded every single day. How do you feel about that term, first of all? And then second of all, do you feel like you're officially in that place of self-love now? So it's interesting. You know, the term role model... It's like a double-edged sword, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's such a huge responsibility and it's such an honor that people think that and look to us in that way. However, you also have to have room to fall. And I am such a firm believer in that. And so I think that's one thing. As soon as we both kind of started getting those messages and seeing those things from people, we wanted to be really real and honest and organic about things. Like, we are both very open about like mental health. We're both open Mm -hmm. when we mess up. We're both open when we do something that we maybe didn't agree with. And I think that that's really important, especially as a, you know, if you're going to be labeled a role model to Mm -hmm. also show that, hey, listen, we also fall and we get back up and that's okay. And that's very real, you know, and as far as getting to a place of self-love, you know, I, I think absolutely we both have. I think that we always say we meet ourselves time and time again. For instance, I just gave birth, you know, eight months ago. I was a completely different before birth, during pregnancy, and then once I gave birth. And I had to meet myself each of those times and come to terms with who I was, what my body looked like, what I was bringing to the table in that moment. And just allowing that to happen and being okay with whatever my body was and whatever I was in that moment. And, mm-hmm. um, and we do that as humans. We do that throughout our lives. We have all these different versions of ourselves and we really have to come to terms and accept each of those versions, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we both have done that and continue to do that. Yeah. And do you think that how the modeling industry has changed over the last you know, five to 10 years. Do you think that has played a part in the self-acceptance and the self-love aspect? I would say definitely. I think that, again, just seeing yourself on magazines, seeing yourself on billboards, seeing yourself in commercials is so Mm -hmm. important. I think about how different maybe my journey would have been had I seen that when I was 13 years old. Because, you know, I'm 34. There was none of that when I was, you know, preteen. I didn't, I just didn't see myself represented anywhere. And I know that a lot of people struggled with that. So I think it just makes such a huge difference when you see yourself. And, you know, we have all these incredible social media people. We have influencers. We have models that are showing just these real sides of themselves. Like even today, one of the people that I follow, Amber Fillerup, she posted a bunch of photos where she's clearly not editing her skin. She has makeup on. You can see that there's texture and you can see that there's like some age lines and all that. And she's absolutely stunning. And it made me remember like, oh yeah, like people just have skin and there's texture and there's lines and that's completely normal and okay. And I feel like we're kind of 
starting to dismantle this concept of having like perfectly porcelain skin and like all of that. And it makes me accept myself even more. And I think that's why Hunter and I are so um, passionate about what we do. And where are you at? Because I know that you guys have talked about this on the show before as well about like photoshopping and face tuning and all of that. Maybe you could share with our listeners like what your take is now, how you reflect on that, whether you occasionally might dabble or you just let it ride. Yeah, you know, it's that is something that I oh my God, I was like, we both have been the biggest offender of Facetune and Photoshop and all that. I think we all have gone through that phase of how do we like look the most perfect? How do we give me a Paris filter any day? Listen, to this day. I love a Paris filter. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. always been my favorite city and it's always been my favorite filter. <laughs> favorite filter. So, yeah. you know, I think that there's certain ways to do it, right? If you have like a pimple on your face and you're like, this isn't something I normally have, fine, go in, take it out, whatever. I think it gets really detrimental when you start picking apart the little things like editing your thigh ever so slightly, which by the way, we both have been, we both have done that. A hundred percent. And we're so honest about that. Now anymore, we really don't do it anymore or we at least try not to. I mean, I can't sit here and say I'm perfect. I've never taken away a wrinkle or anything like that because I'm human. And I have times where I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not feeling so great about myself. But we really try to make a conscious decision to not do that, especially when it comes to our bodies. It's so important because most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, the thing that you're making smaller or curvier or bringing in, no one is even noticing. And I realize that now looking back at photos that I had Facetuned or I had Photoshopped and I'm like, Hunter, literally, like I would be the only person to ever catch that. And I do think that there's such a, um, especially when it comes to magazines, for instance, I'm one of the um, faces for Olay, and they recently did their whole pledge for no photoshopping. So none of their images that they put out in magazines, on their Instagrams, on anywhere are photoshopped at all. And it's so nice, back to what Kayla was saying, to be able to see skin texture and to see rosacea and to see acne scarring and to see things and to see features that I can relate to. Because that's the kind of skincare I want to buy. I want to buy something that actually works for my skin type, right? And I think it just spreads a really positive message. Yeah. My upset, my anger, my criticism goes always towards the media. And it's like, we're all kind of victims of this whole situation where even Kim Kardashian feels like she has to edit herself. Yeah. You know? And so for me, it's like, I understand where people are coming from when they want to edit themselves because we all grew up seeing Cosmo magazine where everyone is Mm -hmm. literally just airbrushed to the nines. And I'm like, well, of course we're all going to have this like fucked up mentality that we are all supposed to look like that. And so I don't usually come down very hard on anyone with Photoshop because I'm like, listen, I get it. I'm, I just switch it. I like to switch the perspective and I'm like, no, let's come down on the media. Let's come down on society that has told us that's what we need to be. And, you know, approach these people who are photoshopping and all that with a sense of understanding and, and empathy because we've all been there, you know? Yeah. So I don't, that's just where I've always been. I'm like, no, I'm trying to fight the man at this point. Yeah. I'm not, you know, like I just, <laughs> I'm like, we're all down here, like trying to get by, but like, we really like to speak outwardly against like, there's got yeah. like enough of you guys pushing yeah. flawless skin on us. 
And it would be so different growing up, right? Like with our children being able to see a world where magazine covers were not like smooth to the gods or billboards were not photoshopped or skin ads or Instagram. If we all grew up seeing that, we probably would look at photoshopping and be like, what? Like, why would you do that? That's so weird. Right. So hopefully with, you know, as we continue these conversations, that narrative then switches, like Michaela was saying, flipping that script and saying, okay, now it's the other side. And I think that's a much healthier place to be. Yeah. And I think it's just like inching toward that progress, right? Like you're talking about Olay, not Photoshopping any of its ads. I mean, they have huge influence, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's just going to be all these tiny little changes and we may not even notice it right away, but hopefully the next generation, it'll be like, less pressure. I feel like it's a lot of times I tell people that you may not even see it in your own lifetime, but we still Mm -hmm. need to make these changes and push the needle forward for our children, their children, the next generations, you know? So even if like you don't feel like we're getting there fast enough, you got (laughs) to keep pushing it, you know? Yeah. That's like an automatic thing that happens as a mom that I think about all the time now with my daughter is like, would I want her to be doing this? Would I want her, you know, when I think about, you know, if I'm getting Botox or whatever, which I am fine with, I'm like, okay, yeah, if I, if she's 45, she wants to get Botox, that's fine. But you know what I mean? When I think about any of that, you have that automatic check where you're like, okay, what if my kid was like, I want to, I want to do X, Y, or Z. And it's like, what advice would I give them? I should probably be giving that to myself in the mirror, right? Like just to have some integrity. But Hunter, I'm curious, you were recently on the cover of Health Magazine for the Jan Feb issue. And I read on your Instagram that this was a really particularly proud moment for you. And I wondered if you could share what that meant. Yeah, that was so special, especially being the January, February issue, because, you know, as we know, January is the year of it's a new year is a month of it's a new year, time to lose weight, time to, you know, get your goal to to skinny down. And it's always on put like shoving down our throats, especially on magazine covers. Um, new year, as far new as I can you. <laughs> yeah, that classic saying that is just mm-hmm. so toxic. And so when health came to me and said, we want you on our uh, new year cover, I was like, I mean, I was taken aback because it was just so special to be able to just represent so many of us who have felt not seen and for so long who have been told they need to change and need to be different and lose weight and this, that, and the other thing. And it was really all about just meeting me exactly where I was. I was four months postpartum and I was celebrated as myself and how special that was and how special to see that in such an a huge iconic magazine health magazine where typically you would imagine it to say everything but that right like we've all grown up with it saying something different and yeah. it just was such a um one of the highlights of my career of my life and i hope that 
people seeing that and seeing the success that it was continues to push the needle forward because this is just the beginning. I mean, really, it's just the beginning. I know that you've turned, you guys have talked about on your podcast that you've actually turned down different opportunities to walk at like Fashion Week for various reasons. And so I'm wondering if you might just walk us through what kind of led you to some of these decisions, you know, that would make you like turn down a job basically. Yeah, I think it really is. It comes from a place of we believe in walking the walk as well as talking the Mm -hmm. talk. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we know that we also know that we have a responsibility as women with platforms and women with like these incredible communities. And we just could not be showing up at Fashion Week, walking runways or being a guest and attending fashion shows where we didn't feel like we were being represented. I mean, you know, the whole point is for influencers, models, creators, actors to come to these events to basically bring attention, right? And to shine a light on the brand. And we were like, wait, why are we going to give attention to a brand who is not acknowledging our existence? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so we made that decision. I mean, we turned down some like incredible brands that we've looked up to and been so excited about for many years because there just wasn't any inclusivity on, yeah. you know, in their designs. Whether or it was, whether that be in the runway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you know, a lot of times we're seeing now where brands will use plus models, but not actually offer plus sizes, yeah. which is a whole mm. conversation. They're that, like, here's the shoes and the bag and the sunglasses. Exactly. Just model and, those. And, and go down the runway like, and thank you. <laughs> there, We can check our, like, we used a curvy girl yeah, box, yeah, you yeah. know. And, but, and the thing is, like, we vote with our eyes and our dollars, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. whatever we're looking at, whatever we're paying for, that's where we're supporting. Even if we say something, it's what you're looking at and what you're paying for. So for us, we we can't rightfully go to these things and not acknowledge the fact that there is a discrepancy, that there's no representation. So we said, yeah. we're just not, we're not going to be involved in it. We're not going to go. We're going to take a really hard stance on this. And, you know, for us, it just, it's so much bigger than just us two going to a fashion show. You know, yeah. it's making a stance. It's making a statement. And sometimes you have to miss out on things and you have to take a really hard stance that's like, not yeah. as fun for something bigger than you and something more important than you. And so that's where that came from. I do think it's interesting at this day and age that even though we are seeing more representation, I think we can say that having been in the industry, we're seeing more than we were five years ago, certainly 10 years ago. But it's interesting that there's still a lot of just like criticism overall, you know, of women's bodies, like whether it's, you know, Nicole Kidman on the cover of Vanity Fair, like she, you know, she was wearing that little Mew Mew outfit and people were just going crazy because, you know, here's this woman 50 years old showing her body like, how dare she? And they've got something to say about it, right? And I feel like if you're having more inclusive sizes too, you get half the people who are going, this is great, yes. And then you get half the people who are actually saying, and this is not me saying it, they're like, this isn't a healthy thing to represent. And I think, you know, broadening that idea of what that looks like, I'm curious what your opinion is on that. I think that we have come a long way. I think that we have miles and miles to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we have just very slightly scratched the surface. For instance, back to what you were saying about Nicole Kidman being on the cover of Vanity Fair, like it is such a rebellious act to love your body these days. People just are up in arms about it. No matter if you 
are, you know, existing in a larger body, like like Tess Holiday, you know, she always speaks on this. She's like, I exist in a larger body and I get so much shit for it. She's like, I'm so happy. I'm thriving. I'm living my life. I'm a mom. I'm she's just such a wonderful business person and she gets so much shit for it. And it's like, we should have no say about anybody, what they do with their body, how they look, anything. It's none of our business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think with fashion, we really have to be better about actually doing the work, right? Like now I've started asking questions instead of just, oh, who's on your runway or what sizes do you make? Let's go deeper. Who's behind the brand? What do they look like, right? Like, do you have plus size people that work for you. Michaela just worked for a brand for this really huge plus size company and not one person behind it was plus size. Mm. And this goes even now we're talking into, you know, like different communities. It's like, do you have inclusion represented in, in integrated into your business? You know, and I think that's a question that we have to start asking more and more because it mm. does trickle down. And yeah, we have a really long way to go, guys. I, I hate yeah. saying that because I, I know it feels, feels you know, pessimistic and, and like, oh, you know, I, I wish I could come on and be like, we did it. Yay, we're inclusive <laughs> now. But like yeah. the reality is that I still, I live in uh, New Jersey. I'm right outside of Manhattan, which is the shopping capital of the world. I still cannot go into Manhattan and shop at, I mean, maybe one store. That's it. And that right there speaks volumes. Okay. So let's talk about the fact that this bias that we talk about exists even outside of the world of fashion and beauty. And this is what I thought you guys talked about recently that was very interesting to me. You talked about fat phobia in the medical field. And I understand this was like a very popular topic with your audience. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that, what that was about and why that hit home. Yeah. So it actually came about because I had posted on my Instagram that I was going to be going to see a doctor and I was kind of dreading it because I feel like maybe probably everybody, especially women, we have this experience with doctors where the second you come in, they'll almost always, especially if you're plus, it's almost immediately to the weight right? Like it doesn't, they don't talk about anything else. It's always like, we're going to weigh you. And that's going to be the reason why anything wrong with you is going on, whether it's your hair is frizzy or you have a nail issue or you have a hurt knee, it's all going to go back to weight no matter what. They don't have any conversation besides that. And I was dreading it, to be honest. And so I jumped on Instagram and I always like to kind of talk things out and see, am I the only person feeling this? And if I'm not, then I like to share that too. And I had the most insane response to anything I've ever posted in Hunter. I mean, I have posted yeah. some stuff that like I was opening myself <laughs> up to all the flood. I'm fine with it. You know, there's a lot of stuff I talk about that's a bit polarizing. You know, I'm very big into like civil rights and I was speaking a lot during the election. Like there's just so much. But this particular topic, I feel like really just galvanized my platform. And the response was like, I feel like every single person who followed me responded and said, yeah. 
I have also gone through this in experiences. Mm. And I was like, Hmm. wow, this is a bigger issue than just being in a plus body. This Mm. is even a bigger issue than being in a woman's body. I had so many men responding like, yeah, this is 100% been my experience. And I, you know, I reached out to Hunter to chat about it. I was like, wow, we we need to do an episode on this because a Mm. lot of people, a lot of people were saying, please do an episode on this so that like this can get out into the world and these conversations can you know, be had. I had nurses and doctors in my DMs like, yes, I see this all the time. I am not one of these doctors, but like I know and I've experienced it myself. So we absolutely had to do an episode on it. And we had to talk on this, you know, this struggle and this reality of the fat phobia within the medical field, you know, where you do have that experience. And the problem is that it is so detrimental because it's like they default to the weight And my experience was I went in and I had that exact thing happen. She defaulted to the weight. There was no question or, 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 you know, looking into what's my workout routine? What do I eat? What's my daily life like? What's my, you know, as you know, some people may not know, but we lost our younger brother nine months ago. And you would think that they would say, is there anything going on in your life that may be dropping energy, a little depression, anything like that? Like, no conversation was had. Are you experiencing grief? You know, it's like nothing. It was just immediately, well, you know, you're X amount of pounds overweight and that, you know, once you lose that, you'll be fine. And I was like, what the f***? Like, I'm so sick of this. And so we did a whole podcast episode on it and it was so well received because a lot of people are sick and tired of it. And it's actually, it's detrimental to a lot of people because their actual medical issues are not being heard. Yeah, their actual so medical things. issues. That you're yeah, never going to find anything if you just stop there, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, it starts even before you get to the doctor's office because, like you said, Michaela, like people think that's what's going to happen. So they just yeah. don't go. Yeah. And they don't want to be judged and they don't want to be weighed. Like, yep. and, and I think there's, this is just not talked about in medical schools or, you know, there's no preparation to yeah. speak to everybody, you know, and make it really, like not customized, but speak to the individual about yeah. what's happening, the 360 experience of what's happening in their life. Kayla actually FaceTimed me before she got her results. Her doctor was like, uh, we'll do like a tele telemedicine. And she was like, I'm so nervous. Like, I don't know why I'm always so nervous. And I was like, it'll be fine, whatever. You know, it's going to be great no matter what. And she called me back 10 minutes later and she was like, dude, everything is like perfect. Yeah. She was like, look, she was like, oh, yeah, I can't believe everything's perfect. Like, yeah, like they're she almost looking that, for something. that my blood came back normal. Like just couldn't believe it. Off the charts, <laughs> perfect. We'll link to that episode where you guys um, speak about fat phobia in the medical community. We will link to that in our show notes and on our website. I know you're both makeup girlies, skincare girlies. So, yes. you know, while we're f-ing the patriarchy, we still want to be wearing our red lipstick. <laughs> Let's yeah. hear it. What do you like? What's your favorites kind of of the moment or new discussion? Discoveries. So, guys, I have to let me pull it from my. I have a chest full of makeup. <laughs> oh, Joe and Tell. <laughs> yeah, we we're such makeup and skin junkies. Like, I grew up yeah, watching all of it. the YouTubers. I love Samantha Ravindal, like queen she's icon. So the best. Her, yeah, yeah she's just the best. for ever. Olay for everything skincare. I'm such a huge fan. That's why I was so excited to sign on. Michaela and I have been using. Olay forever. And my grandmother used it. She still uses it. My mom still uses it. And she still calls it oil of Olay, even though I told her they dropped the oil like years ago. I love it when they um, do that, though. I love it. It makes me feel good when I hear oil of Olay. I'm like, yeah, it's like homey, right? Back. It's a I hug. know. 
Okay, lashes, the Lancome. I want to say, I dole. You dole? Have yeah. you guys yeah. used? <gasps> yes, I know about to this one. For. Yes. Okay. okay. The Laura Mercier Bed of Roses Eye Color Stick. Oh. Chef's Kiss. I don't know this. So good. Okay. Is it pink? Is it pink, Hunter? Yes. Bed of Roses? It's like a pinky, like, champagne color. Oh, and it's a stick. I love an eyeshadow stick. I love all of their Laura Mercier. They make them so easy to put on and they really last. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Okay, Mm -hmm. I have two more products I'm going to go through. Okay, so here is the um, Make It By Mario Master Blade Brow Pencil, you guys. Like, I was an Anastasia. Is it Anastasia or Anastasia? Anastasia. Brow girl. We've been burned for that before. (laughs) Oh, okay. So what is it? Anastasia? Anastasia. Anastasia. I was her, I was a fat brow girl through and through. Then Mario sent me a PR package and I was like, I guess I'll try it. Mm-hmm. I'm hooked. Hooked. Hey. And then for lips, Urban Decay Color Rush. Oh. Perfect see, little Can pinky. you hold it to the camera? What's that? So we can yes. see? What's a That's just like there? a perfect little nudie pink. Mm-hmm. That's Great. so pretty. Great for every so day. Pretty. Love it. Okay, right. so I'm going to really roll through mine so everyone needs to pay attention. Do it. <laughs> so I'm a youth to the people, like, junkie. I love youth mm. to the people. They're, like, one of my favorite skincare brands. So I use their serum, like, their face oil. I'm a huge gua sha fan. I love getting, like, all the mm. face massages and, like, doing gua sha on myself and, like, rolling. I'm a big ice fan. Like, I have my ice rollers. I will, like, dunk my face in a bowl of ice water. Like, I just want to be in a full, like, just ice water bath. 24-7 nice. because I just love it. And then as far as like other products, I love the uh, Refi beauty brand. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure have heard of it, no, but they have yes. like... Now I've heard it also pronounced Refi. So I don't know which is correct, but... I have no um, idea. Brown, <laughs> makeup we'll artist. link to it, guys. We'll link to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, I say yeah. refi and then I kind mm-hmm. of have like done refi as like a middle ground between the two. So I'm only saying <laughs> it like kind of wrong on both sides, okay. right? That's a good call. <laughs> I like yeah, this. so I love that for like blush. I love that for contour and her brow cream is like the best in the world. Like it will keep your brows mm. in place straight up. Like I love the straight up kind of like fluffy brow vibe. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Tilbury, anything. I am an absolute, mm-hmm. just like shameless mm-hmm. whore for anything Charlotte Tilbury. Have been Great. for many years. I work with them now, which literally mm-hmm. every time I get a package, I'm bawling. Like I'm crying. I'm like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe this. Like, oh my God. For, I am an eyeliner fanatic. I've been doing liquid eye on myself since I was like 12 years old. And I have really found that Sephora brand eyeliner, liquid eyeliner is the best for oh, like if Sephora you don't. Oh, collection. Yes. It actually is so amazing because I don't have Over-cat like very taut skin on my eyelids. It's a little like gummy. And the I just found the brush to be so easy to use. And like, it doesn't do that like little like scooting thing that sometimes the like the Yeah, exactly. Like the felt tips will do that. This is like amazing. It swipes on. You have like a solid, beautiful cat eyeliner. And I also have a trick. I know you guys have heard of, I'm sure the scotch tape trick where you put on the scotch tape. They actually have these like little things on Amazon that you can get that are made for fallout that makeup artists use and they put them Mm -hmm. underneath and then it comes off. If you cut those in half and put them here on the edge of your eye, you can use it for the same thing. We have one last question for you. When it comes to women supporting women, what would you like to see more of? Let's manifest this. 
let's, even if it's one small thing that we can do to help make this happen, what do you suggest? Complimenting one another. I don't care if it's the girl who is ringing you up at the market. Like, there's always something to compliment about somebody. Find it and compliment it and say it. Absolutely. I, I love that too. Thank you so much to both Hunter and Michaela. And even though we've talked so much here today, we are doing a pod swap. So catch us, Carlene and myself, over on the Model Citizen podcast this week as well, where our great conversation will continue. So thank you to Hunter and Michaela. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks ladies. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday.